0: All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and I am excited to be sharing this message with you. It is actually the message that I shared this weekend at March for the Martyrs in Washington, D.C., and uh, I want to share it with you, one, so that I can just be out there and, and people can listen to it over again. I believe it is a word that we need to hear as Christians. It's titled, Die Before You Die. And so, uh, first, I just want to thank you so much for listening. You know, we're closing in on 100,000 streams, uh, listens, that is crazy to me. And, you know, we do this full-time, and so if you want to partner with our ministry, help us keep going. Um, We're fully funded by donor support and people who just believe in what we're doing. And so there's a couple links in the description of this podcast. You can give through Modern Day. You can give through Faithful, which is a platform where you'll actually get stuff in return. You know, access to uh, exclusive zooms and copy of my book and things like that. Um, or you can give through Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, or through Anchor, which is the streaming service that I use for the podcast. But any amount that you decide to give, it really helps us keep going. You know, we're planning a nationwide tour again for 2023 with my friend, David Ladding. I'm super excited. And so uh, all of your your gifts are going to help us be able to do these things. So thank you for listening. And again, make sure that you like and subscribe the podcast. Um, click the, the bell so that you get the notifications. That way, when we upload new episodes like this one, you get an update. You get a notification. So die before you die. I believe this is the biggest thing we can do for the persecuted church and for the body of Christ as a whole. You might not be called to die a martyr's death, but you are called to live a martyr's life. And a martyr's life is one that is fully surrendered to God. It's not this one foot in the world this Sunday Christianity, this lukewarm, carnal Christianity where we can live for the world and live a little bit for Jesus or live for the world but have a Christian confession. This is a life that is fully surrendered. Why? Because when trials come, when issues come, when persecution comes, your Sunday Christianity will not get you through it. I'm telling you right now, you will not endure the trials of life based on a Sunday Christianity, a a weekend relationship with God. That's not a relationship at all. And so I want to call us to walk as He walked. And this is the call for every believer, to become a Christian. You see, I believe that the two are very different. You have people who believe in God, and they believe what the pastor has said, and they have prayed the prayer, and they have confessed their need for a Savior. They believe that they're sinful, and they need forgiven, and and. All of this. They believe it, and they'll confess it. But that is pretty much where it stops. And I've met so many people as I've traveled the nation that their life stops at the position of believer, but we're called to be Christians. And if you look up what Christian means, it's, it's Christ-like one. It's someone who actually follows the teaching of Jesus Christ. You see, there's believers and there's Christians. And I believe that this is the time that we are calling believers to become Christians. That is going to require surrender. You know, I want you to think of the parable of the sower. There's four seeds that are scattered. Two of them do not make it. One seed, it's, immediately it gets plucked by the enemy. The second seed, it's on shallow ground. Right, But the third and the fourth seed, they remain. But the difference is that that fourth seed is a burning Christian who is living for God and producing good fruit. And, and, and Colossians talks about this in chapter 1, where it says that we want to be fully pleasing God. We want, to, we want to be producing fruit for Him. We want to live a life that is worthy. Philippians 1 says, Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is the life that we are called to live and and honestly the life that we should want to live. And this is that fourth seed if you go read the parable of the sower. But the third seed is very interesting and it's very scary to me because the third seed is a seed. It It is a believer, but it is someone who produces no fruit. It says that their fruit is choked out by the issues of life and by the deceitfulness of riches. And so what's crazy to me is that the second seed, an unbeliever, and the third seed, a believer, look exactly the same. Only one of them has a Christian confession, but they both produce no fruit for God, and that should be alarming to us. And I want you to examine yourself. I want you to look at yourself and say, man, am I producing fruit for God? This isn't a works-based talk. This isn't we're not saved because we do good works, but we should do good works out of a response of being born again. I'll tell you that when I got born again, the first thing that happened in my life is I wanted to start living for Jesus. For 25 years I had a Christian confession and I wasn't really thinking about living for Jesus, and if I was, I was biting my lip trying to do better. But when I got born again, it's like I had a different desire. Do you have that desire? Or do you bite your lip and you try to be religious and you, you should read your Bible and you should spend time with God? You should pray. You should try not to watch bad movies or cuss or whatever. Like, is that your relationship? Or do you have a heart that says, man, I don't want to do things that defile me. I don't want to watch things that I shouldn't watch. I don't want to say things that I shouldn't say. Like, I want to follow God. And man, yes, we fall short and that is why there is grace. But what is your desire? You see, a true Christian is not living for the world and and fighting to be religious. A Christian has been set free by the power of the blood of Jesus and is now living for God the best they can and they're wrestling with their flesh. They're living for God and they're battling in their flesh as opposed to someone living for the world and trying to fight to be religious because they feel like they should out of some obligation. I would wonder if you've had a true encounter with God. Have you given Jesus your whole life? This life that I'm calling us to is going to require absolute surrender. Now, the point of our lives is to overcome the enemy. We overcome the enemy in three ways. It says in Revelation 12:11, but the point of our lives is to share the gospel, to witness, to make disciples across the whole earth. That is the purpose of our life, and we do that by shining, Philippians 2 says, shining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But Revelation twelve eleven it says this, that, that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, Number one, how many of you know that Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world? He has shed his blood for us, and because his blood was shed, we now have the right to become children of God to everyone who believes in his name. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no forgiveness. There's no cleansing. There's no removal of sin, but Jesus has shed his blood for us. And so if there's no blood, there's no forgiveness. We have the shed blood of Jesus. Number two, it says that they overcome by the blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony. You see, when you give your life to Jesus, you are made into a literal new creation. And that word means someone who has never existed before. You become a brand new creation, new heart, new desires, a renewed mind that you are sanctifying and working out every single day. And because of this, you have a testimony of being brought out of darkness into light. The Bible says that He has transferred, He has conveyed us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have the forgiveness of sins. Literally, God has plucked us out of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ because of the shed blood of Jesus. And when he does that, you will have a testimony. I used to be this way, and now I'm this way. And what happened in between was Jesus Christ. I used to desire these things, and now I don't. I desire this. And that is because of Jesus Christ. And every time you share your testimony, you are shaming the devil. You are reminding him of the transformation that has taken place in your life through Jesus Christ, and we overcome him again and again and again when we share that testimony. Number three, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our own lives unto death. Now, this is a crucial one. To me, this is the most important because you can have the blood of Jesus, which was already spilled, and you can have a testimony all day. But if you love your own life to the point of death, the first two don't matter. You will deny Jesus if you love your own life more than him. How do I know? Look at Peter. Peter was doing his best to follow Jesus, to learn from him for years. And on the night that he said, I will die for you, that very same night... He denied him three times, even cursing in the third denial, swearing. Imagine denying someone that you love by swearing, like you are trying to make a point, I don't know this person. What would lead you from declaring that you will die for them to swearing that you don't even know them? It's when you're living for yourself. It's when you love your own life and you want to keep your heart beating a little bit longer. When you're thinking about you, when you're thinking about losing your own life, you will do anything to keep it, including denying the people that you say you love, including the one that you call Savior and friend. But Peter later, filled with the Spirit, was able to minister and preach to those same people that killed Jesus with boldness and with power. How? Because when the Spirit came over him, he had a revelation that he did not live for himself and he would rather die than ever deny Jesus Christ. You see, we must deny ourselves, and this is what I am teaching today, how to die to self, how to die before you die. You see, Peter was worried that he was going to die just like Jesus, so he denied him. But what if Peter was already dead in his mind? What if he was already dead to his own flesh, dead to his own desires, dead to his own life in the way that he thinks it will, and he is only alive in Christ? And the verse that Paul writes is true, to live is Christ, to die is gain. What if that could become true for you today? I believe that it can by the power of the Holy Spirit. You just have to die. You just have to die. (laughs) It's literally, it's that easy, and it's something that we walk out every day. Let me tell you this, if we follow the words of the Lord, we will always overcome. I want you to say that wherever you're sitting right now, whatever you're listening, wherever you're listening from, I want you to say, I will always overcome in Christ. That is the truth. Listen, we will always overcome because He has overcome the world, and He lives inside of us, if you belong to Him. He has overcome. He is overcoming, and He will overcome. He has saved us, He is saving us, and He will save us. What do I mean by that? Jesus has overcome sin, death, hell, and the grave on the cross. Now we have the great privilege of walking this life out in His name. And when we do this, and we yield to Him, and we walk by the Spirit, He is overcoming through our life day by day. And there will be a day when we pass from this life into eternal life, when we pass from this earth into the kingdom of God, and we will finally overcome the last enemy, which is death, which 1 Corinthians 15.26 says is the final enemy to be destroyed. Death has already been defeated on the cross, but it still remains. It has not been destroyed yet. This is why we still die a physical death. But the Bible says that it is appointed for everyone to die once, and then there is a judgment. You see, one day there will be a judgment, and after that day there will be no more judgment. There will be no more death. There will be no more sin. There will be no more enemy. There will be no more kingdom of darkness. All of that will be swallowed up and thrown into the lake of fire for everlasting torment and destruction, and we will live forever in Christ Jesus. Now, how often do you think about that? How often do you think about the fact that there is a life after this? We are not living for earth. We are not even citizens of earth. The Bible says that we are now seated in heavenly places. Our citizenship is in heaven. That is why we can live a life on the earth dead to ourselves because we are not alive for this earth. And it's not a place of being so heavenly-minded that we're no earthly good. No, it's being so heavenly-minded that we are earthly good. We are able to give. We are able to love. We are able to serve. We are able, able to live unoffended because our value, our purpose, our destiny is not here. This is not all we get. You see, for those who don't understand and for those who don't have eternal life in Christ Jesus, this earth is all they have. And that is a tragedy, and that is why we must share the gospel, because there is a life after this for those who believe in Christ. For those who don't, it is everlasting torment and separation from God. We must continue to share the gospel, but listen, if we are not dead to ourselves, we will allow the fear of man to override our ability to share the gospel. What if there was someone that you were encountering throughout your day, maybe you work with, maybe a family member, maybe someone that you see here and there, and God wants you to share the gospel with them, but you're afraid of what they might say or what people might think, or the list can go on. But what if you have the very words to say from God that will save their soul? But what if you never tell them because you're afraid? You see, if you love your own life unto death, it could be very costly Not just for you, but for others. Come on, God wants to use you to change the world around you, but you have to let go of fear of man. And the way to not be afraid is to just be dead. Be dead to yourself. Be dead to your reputation. Philippians 2 says that Christ made himself of no reputation, and we are called to walk as he walked. The Bible says as he is, so are we in this world. And so you might be saying, well, that's great, but how do I get there? Like, I want this, but how do I do it? I'll tell you, there are two passages that really stick out to me, Philippians 2 and Colossians 3. We're going to start in Philippians 2, and this is what we are called to live like. It says this, "...let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, "...taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man, and being found in the appearance as a man, humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every other name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those in the heavens, on the earth, and of those under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the father now what does that mean look at the life of jesus he made himself of no reputation he humbled himself and became a servant and as a servant he was obedient to god and his obedience led to his death but his death led to his exaltation you see this is the christian life we humble ourselves we recognize that we need god and we can't get to him on our own. We need the blood of Jesus. And we humble ourselves and we say, Christ, I need your forgiveness. I need your life. I don't want my life anymore. I want the life that you paid for me to have. I want your life living in me. And when we humble ourselves, we become servants. Even though God has called us a friend to those of us who have become his children, we call ourselves servants. We continue to humble ourselves. And servants are obedient to their masters. And so we take this position of a servant and we say, God, I will do whatever you tell me. I will be obedient. And our obedience leads to death. Now, maybe that is a physical death. Maybe we're killed for our faith one day. Maybe we're martyred. But maybe it just means death of our desires, our worldly desires, the ones we were raised in. Maybe it means death of our flesh, death of our prideful ways. We, we kill all of that. And we say, Lord, I want your life. I don't want my life. I want your life. And the Bible says that when we do this, we are exalted. We are exalted and one day we'll be with him in heaven forever. We'll be ruling and reigning with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Man, what is that going to look like? These are things that we should be thinking about, but sometimes we get too caught up thinking about the temporal, thinking about earth, thinking about the issues of the day, thinking about desires, and the deceitfulness of riches can come in and choke out every bit of faith and life that we have in Christ. But guess what? If we keep our eyes fixed on the eternal, like Jesus did, who kept his eyes on the Father through his whole time on the earth, we will do what we've been called to do. Now, that is what we're called to do, to become humble, obedient servants. But how do we do it? I believe that that is Colossians 3. It says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Are you hearing this? This is so much more than just praying a prayer to go to heaven. Listen, it tells us if you were raised with Christ. It talks about in the previous chapter that we have shared in the crucifixion, we have shared in the death and burial of Christ, and we also share in his resurrection. And so it says this, if you have been raised with Christ, here is what you are to do. Seek the things above. Set your mind on the things above. Don't get caught up living for the earth. Why? Verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That is your reality if you're a Christian. Your new life is actually hidden with Jesus Christ in the Father you're dead. The old you is gone. The old man has passed away. All things have become new. And there are things that we are called to put off. Uh, Colossians 3 begins to talk about these things after this passage. Put off the old. Put off the things that pull us down. Put off the sins of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have died and our life is hidden with Christ and God. Let me ask you, when you hear that, Does that resonate with you or are you still alive? Does your flesh still run things? Does your desires have a greater say than the word of God? You're not condemned. I'm not here to judge or spank anyone. I'm asking you to examine yourself because I believe there's grace right now, even as you listen or watch this podcast, to repent, to say, God, I'm so sorry. I have made life about me. I have not seen my life as something that is dead, and now I have a new life in Christ Jesus. I've really made my life all about me, and you know what? It shows. The fruit of my life shows. I, I, I struggle with sin. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I, you know, There's Christians who are even suicidal, and I believe it's because we can keep our eye on the wrong thing long enough that we begin to lose hope. Fix your eyes back on the light of the world. Fix your eyes back on Jesus Christ and watch your whole body be flooded with light. Watch hope return to your life. That only comes from gazing upon Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, this life is a wisp. It's a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And you are going to stand before God one day, and I don't want you to look back with godly sorrow. I don't want you to look back on your life and weep and mourn because you could have given him more, because you finally realized that your life was meant to be all about him, but it was all about you. You can have that moment, that awakening, that, that spiritual aha moment right now where you realize, oh my gosh, I've been living selfishly, I've been living pridefully, I've been living outside of God's desires. Now I want to change. That way, when you die, you can stand before God, and the Bible says that you can have confidence on that day. The only way you can have confidence on that day, and I have researched and I have checked this Bible, it says by abiding in Him, by abiding, by dwelling with Him, by spending time with Him, by by building a relationship, an intimate walk with Jesus Christ. But in order to have intimacy, in order to have a great relationship, you must yield my wife and I, we don't butt heads like that. And if we did all the time, we wouldn't have a close relationship. There is yielding that happens. And let me tell you, we are not asking Jesus to yield to us. He told us to take upon ourselves His yoke. So let's come up under His yoke today. Let's yield to the good and perfect Father, the one that we call our Savior and Master. Let us, let's let Him lead us today but it's going to require yielding let me tell you this if you live for the world those desires are fleeting you will never be fulfilled because you were never meant to live for it but if you keep your eye on the eternal and you think about that day that you're standing before God whenever you make a decision I'm telling you that you will make the right decision If every time you come upon a decision, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, and you think about standing before the Father and giving an account for what you're going to do, you will make the right decision. If you think about your flesh, if you think about yourself, if you think about the temporal, you will make the wrong decision. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome every temptation, every trial, every bit of fear, every bit of doubt, But we have to yield to the Spirit. And to do that, we need to keep an eternal perspective. This is how we overcome. Let me finish by telling you this. There is a cloud of witnesses that are watching you right now. There is a cloud of witnesses. There are martyrs. There are saints. There are people who have run this race well. Paul, David, like all of these amazing people. Abraham, Moses, Noah, they're all there and they are watching Maybe you have family members that burned for Jesus and they've passed on. They're watching in the great cloud of witnesses. And they are saying, run, run well. It's so worth it. Don't sell out. Don't sell yourself short. Don't give in to the things of the world. It is worth it. I'm telling you, I'm here. I see Jesus. Give him everything. Run this race well. Let's live according to Philippians 1, which tells us to conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. Come on, there are martyrs in heaven that have paid it all. They're wearing the white robe and they are saying, you have more to give. Live for Jesus. Let's live a life that is worthy of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this person that's watching and listening right now and I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them. God, that you would show them what your desires for their life are. God, I pray for soft hearts and and open minds to receive this word and to repent for any life that has been lived apart from you. God, I thank you that you're not mad at us, but you love us and you want us to dive in deeper and draw near to you because you said, as we do that, you will draw near to us. I thank you, God, that in you is comfort and in you is rest and in you we have peace from the world of chaos and we have joy in the midst of sadness all around us, God, we can be a light to a dark, perverse, and twisted generation. Help us, Father, to keep our eyes on you. I pray for this person right now that they would burn brightly again. Listen, if if your fire has begun to go out, maybe you were once running for Jesus and now you feel like your flame is just a little ember, I want you just to raise both of your hands right where you're at. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. Father, you see their hands. You know this person. I pray, God, that right now you would come and cover them with your holy fire. Holy Spirit, fill them, ignite them, set them ablaze again. Thank you, God, for their humility to confess that they have let that fire die out. But I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to stoke it again. I say to you, burn now. Burn for Jesus. Burn for him. Don't let it go out again. Burn for him. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And I want to say this. I believe it was Reinhard Bonnke who said something like this. They said, Reinhard, how do you keep your fire burning? And I think he said something like, I don't keep my fire burning. I stay close to the one who keeps my fire burning. I stay close to the fire himself. God is the fire. It's not your responsibility to do enough, to try to be enough, to keep that fire going. The way you keep your fire going is you stay close to the fire. Amen? So I'm charging us, I'm calling us, and I'm cheering us on to get close to the fire because they say if you get close enough to the fire, you're going to get burned. And that fire of the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that we want to get burned by. I want to be consumed by that awesome, holy, consuming fire. Don't you? Amen. Man, well, listen, if this encouraged you, would you share it? Hit the copy link button. Send it to a couple of friends who might need encouragement. Post it on your social media. If you post it on Instagram, tag me, and I'll share it on my story. Like, I want to help get this word out. And if you enjoy this podcast, will you give us a review, a rating on Apple and Spotify? It really helps uh, get this word out. And so, man, I'm just so thankful for you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time.